Warning, the following podcast may contain phrases such as... Reader apparently has a set of magnetic Benoit balls. <laughs> Three unwise men. Bum, bum, bum! With Frog, Grant, and Ryder. It's like watching someone order toast. <laughs> Tell me, are we back recording? Is oh. the thing? Okay, good. Because I want to say that before you did like this little sample test, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're recording." So I started calling you a moron, and then you cut me off with the fucking pass. Well, that shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> and so now we're back, and uh, yeah, that that dam's just been building the energy. And what the hell are you eating? I am eating. Here we go. Boiled eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's fine. I'm, I, I, what I like about it is how benign he starts that. Right. What <laughs> I'm just eating boiled eggs. Is, oh, I'm just eating boiled eggs. That's just normal, eggs, right? right? Nobody. We've all eaten boiled Everybody. eggs from time to time. How did you? I, I don't because I don't like boiled eggs. But other people eat boiled eggs. He's yeah. one of those people. Now, now that's not the weird thing. No, sure. That's not the thing that makes you an idiot. Okay. Yeah. We're, the thing that makes you an idiot is how did we get these boiled eggs? How did they come into your life? From the store. The store. Still a very evasive. You right. Could, it's definitely the political year, is it not? It it's is. It's definitely yeah. the election cycle. 2016. 2016, writers boiled eggs. Um, Except <laughs> we, have our, we have our title for this podcast. <laughs> 2016, writers <laughs> boiled, boiled eggs. eggs. I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're curious about what they came in. I can see what they fucking came in. All right. right. So the, I'm going to so describe the, what they came in. Okay. They came in a plastic box. No shell. Pre-boiled. You have done nothing. You bought a plastic box full of boiled eggs. You have opened the plastic box and you were mowing into them. My yep. favorite part about this is that he, we were, we were being prepared for today's one. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, get back up to the beginning because this was not part of our pre-scripted... No. Well, this wasn't part of the elaborate wait, preparations hold on, hold on, we get into. Hold on, hold on. we have preparations? That's we, the, we tried You missed prepared. the meeting. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, tried, we tried prepared once and that did not go over well. Yeah, no. Well, trust me, unprepared is doing a lot better. But here we are. But no, the what we were waiting to do a... We we're like, oh, hey, we're meeting to do a thing. One of us, Frog, at the store. We're gonna go get coffee, get food, get whatever. And so I'm already at the store. I have driven straight to the store because I got stuck in a traffic jam. And stuff from the store. Got, you know, stopped in at the store. And so I text these guys. I'm like, "Can I pick you up? Ever, anything?" Yeah. And I responded immediately, like right away, with filet mignon. Yeah, because I'm cl- I'm a classy guy. Right. It was a classy order, <laughs> clearly, by the way. Clearly, I didn't object. No. I, my response to you was, all right. It's, and I, I went to the meat aisle to start looking to see if they had any filet mignon. And it's a reasonable request for a gentleman such as myself. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, I would have come in back into the apartment <laughs> and thrown a piece of raw meat at you. <laughs> I would have cooked it. That would be interesting. I don't know that there's any actual cooking devices in this place. I have a grill. Here we go. But then someone else, namely Ryder... Yeah, writers like responded with, "I'll take some boiled eggs. They're in the fridge above the regular eggs." At which, at which point, I I started laughing. I was like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> that, by, uh, LOL. By, no, I thought I thought he was like trying to one up you. Yeah, because yeah, like, like, oh, he went the other route, right? right like filet mignon. He went the other, like, oh, can, I'm going to have toast, please, right? Like right, you not bring me bread, not yeah, bread. bread. Don't buy Just bread toast. that I can toast. Yeah. 
Just buy the toast. Yeah. And so I like, figured, well, no grocery store in the world would sell that. And so I get buzzed in up here. We're going to go down. He's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, should we just walk over? Are we getting things? And Ryder goes, well, I'm getting boiled eggs. And I go, wait, he's real? <laughs> this is real? I'm like, that's why I was like, yeah, just tell him we're going over there. I need to look. I'm like, there's no way Frog is going to get this. With I didn't even think it was a thing. Like, I was just I was, blew it off. I was like, all right. And I think there's even a text in there like, all right, you know, now what do you guys really about, want? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone place any actual orders? And I thought that was directed just at Grant. No, no, that <laughs> no. was that was mostly like I knew he was a joker. That was mostly directed at you because boiled eggs was like I was like, is he? Does he actually think there are boiled eggs? Oh, I know. Well, apparently you do. <laughs> like you were accurate. They exist. He's the. He was in the right. Uh Whoa, 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 whoa. Are they in their own individual plastic wrappers inside the plastic container? Yes, they are. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're just, we're just descended to a new what level of madness. Doing this? What company is doing this? Uh, Kroger. Thanks. Yeah. Do, do you mind if I ask you a question? No. Oh, yes, I do. At <laughs> okay. this point, I think I might. Okay. How much were your boiled eggs? You don't have to tell me your price point, but how much were your boiled eggs? I'd have to look at the receipt because I can't recall offhand. They usually are on sale. It's like for six, it's like three fifty or something like that. They're on sale for three. They're on sale for three fifty for six for a half dozen for a half dozen. Normal dozen of eggs, buck fifty maybe. Buck. Jesus, what kind of eggs are you getting? Yeah, depends. Some are. The organic ones can maybe be two. Right, the organic ones can be more expensive, but usually you're in the buck twenty to buck fifty range. I mean, I get free range, cage free, like hand fed, massaged chicken eggs. Well, that's because your parents are weird. I'm, I'm <laughs> curious about. <laughs> I'm curious about how chicken eggs are massaged. Hmm? No, the chicken. No, the, the mas- chicken's massaged. Oh, okay. You massage the chicken. You, one does not massage an egg. Why would you massage an egg? That would be silly. That's what I was asking. I. I you know what? I'm on the. I'm have on the. You, I'm on the. Uh, have you never today. massaged a chicken? This <laughs> 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 is a very different podcast. <laughs> have you? You ever massaged a chicken? You ever, you ever massaged a chicken, <laughs> boy? Hey there, boy. You ever massaged a chicken? <laughs> Uh, that was just a normal what? part of growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you are from Idaho. <laughs> I'm I'm from Eastern Washington. Technically, so am I. Same, same ish. See, like, that's why you and I know about massaging chickens. He doesn't. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in the boat with you. On You're this the one. one started the boat. You built the boat. I built. I didn't build the massage <laughs> in the chicken boat. He asked. Here's no, Noah. no, no. Massage chicken, and we'll play this back. Massage chicken started with you. It's a valid point. <laughs> The whole reason we're talking about massage chickens <laughs> is you went into chicken oh, massage I, 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 as an egg production method. It, if, if, if you massage a chicken, does an egg not come out? I, it depends on... Mm, uh, there has to be other things that happen first, at least. No, I mean, like eggs and chickens and... Buck, buck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Here's your chicken. I nearly choked on my hard-boiled egg, which we have to circle back around to because I know expensive. this is. I know this is not gonna. gonna no, end dude, it's time soon. It is your preference. I, you know, go no, no, wild, no, no. go nuts. If that's it was what, amusing, is what I was surprised. If that's what you're into. It's just the fact that one, some company out there said, you know what, I'm gonna boil these suckers. It's gonna cost me nothing. I'm gonna put them in flancy plastic wraps and I'm gonna sell them to people in Kirkland. Yes. One of you guys has water and a bottle. I was, you just, I was about to say that. Yeah. I was like, to be fair, 
there was a large group. It was like, I'm going to put water in bottles and charge redart, just ridiculous prices for it. And everyone and people would buy it. I remember when I first bought a bottle of water, I was like, LOL, this is who, <laughs> this is dumb. I just forgot my water bottle this day. No, no less is it not just any bottle of water. It's smart water. It is smart water. Which you're, actually is dumb water. You're giving me shit for my boiled eggs. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And then fast food. Mm-hmm. And then fast food. What is fast food? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Fast food's a whole different ballgame. No, How so? I, I like Somebody has taken their time to bitch. produce something for you, package it, and give it to you quickly. There was absolutely <laughs> a finger waggle that just occurred <laughs> in this place. I was like, yeah, Ryder went from like, I'm eating my boiled egg to I am an angry fishmonger's wait, wait, wife. I, I actually want to point out what he's doing right now, which is that he has actually de-yoked the boiled eggs. He has Three folded the yolks into a paper towel and placed them back... Why are you not? But only three. Only three. Is there a particular reason that those yolks were insufficient? <laughs> Probably because of the cholesterol um, for his working out versus yeah, so protein. Another part of that is, you know, I will. I actually know that answer. Yes. Good job. Thank you. So the egg white part will be there. It's nice and sealed. So that way it won't smell later. E.G. Sure. I don't know why the E.G. came after it, but, but yeah. whatever. What was E.G.? E.G. usually means. For example, but okay. So for yeah. the example, it's going to smell later? Did well, it, if it you didn't, didn't seal them... If that's the, not the an yolks, example, then it's actually going to yeah. smell later. I, as I said, I don't know why I tossed it out there. I got yeah, it. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. So um, you once described me as a, a muscly man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was on a podcast. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It, it, it was. It was. Uh, not, not one of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was the other podcast. Yeah, it was the special podcast. It was so. the one we do with Voss Foster. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, well done. Go uh, on. So you do, you eat more of the egg white. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> That face. Oh, wow. Uh, that face is beautiful. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Go on. So you eat the egg white portion for the protein, and then having the, the egg yolks do have good cholesterol in them. You just don't have too much of it. So I take some of the egg yolk out of that and just leave that aside as I eat the rest. I, I, I actually understand that as a picky yeah. eater okay. myself. Yeah. The only crap that I'm getting is because instead of me hard boiling them myself and peeling them myself, yeah, that's that's the real thing. Is hard boiling an egg is a relatively simple process. Well, and and to be fair, I'm throwing a stone in about the biggest glass house that's ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way God's green earth I would boil eggs, spend time on any of it. But <laughs> there, but I agree. Uh, yeah, in uh, a it's world funny of- that he does it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You know, <laughs> in a world where I work a lot and I want to get home and lazy. In a world. Hold on. In, in a, a world. world where, what is this epic? You, no matter what you say after this, it has got to be better than work. You better say like in a world where crime is fu- like you fight crime. You do something. So so hold on. Wait, that explains the claim more. It does. <laughs> You have you have the we opportunity. We now know why Reader has a claymore in his living room. He has the opportunity now to finish 
the, the, the phrase, in a world where. So, so right. go on as a statement. We're ready. In a world. There we go. Where I work uh-huh. an intense amount of hours. Okay. And I must spend time being as lazy as possible on the weekends. You're losing me? Yeah. I'm I, plastic. like many others, will heroically eat pre-made hard-boiled eggs. So. <laughs> I give that a 2.5 out of 10. You could have done so much better. With what? Well, okay, never let against the, the biased community sitting to my right. This isn't biased. Hold on. You no, could no, have, no. You could have Reader, lied. The, the East German judge is down at a one. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> bought off anyway, though. Here's the thing. I'm not biased. I firmly believe that if you're going to tell a story, you better lie. It's like there's, oh. the truth should never never let the so, truth get in the way of a good story. So these uh, yeah, you know that this is a writing podcast. Yeah, yeah this is true. So these uh, these go on. Eggs, so, no, hold on. In a world where in a world mm-hmm. where hard boiled eggs will give me super strength. Go yeah. Here there we, we are. There we are. Here we are. Right, actually, wait, take it. I, take I think, it. I think you're on the peril first, right? In a world where you know crime is running. Yeah. Amok. Oh, oh start yeah. With, yeah. Open okay. with peril. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put the cost up front. Put the cost up front. In a world. Uh huh. Where crime is rampant. Damn. Yeah, now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Go. Where every town is besieged with the mighty armies of the earth. Oh. oh. Shit. The mu- now it's now it's on now it's on go 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 I'm sitting back I'm leaning back I'm leaning right. back yeah, ready here. yeah yeah one man must find a true source of power to defeat them oh wow writer is the hard boiled egg eating man it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. See? see, see, I. Uh, so the reason I get these in a package so is because was because of that last reason and no other reason is, is because I need to be able to quick, quickly yes. get strength to fight off the bad people of the world. That's reasonable. I'm, I'm announcing the 2016 free Kindle podcast, free Kindle podcast <laughs> challenge yeah. right now. Yep. Flash fiction challenge. Write go. that flash fiction. 1500 words or less. Go. Go. <laughs> Done. That's, That's your challenge. 2016. 2016. Did we get any grant frogs? We got not a single. <laughs> <laughs> no one took us up on it. Not one person actually. Like everyone was like, "Wow, that's a cool idea. I'll do it." And then got like twenty words in and was like, "This is fucked." <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people who tried and were like, "I can't couldn't pull do it this. off. I can't do this." That's amazing. So yeah, the Grand Fog Challenge stumped our our collective audience. This one, this one's a little easier. This one allows you to use language normally. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good scene. See, writer, that's what I mean. Never allow the truth. See, the to problem, enter into a conversation with other people. See, I was trying to. His problem now is that he's got to live up to that. Yeah, he feels like an obligation to go murder like no, the no, armies no, no, no. of the earth. <laughs> not, <laughs> indiscriminate. It's not army murder if it's all in, of them. It's <laughs> not. It's not murder if it's in the defense of other people. I will make that point clear. Fair enough. There's actually an interesting book called. Actually, it's it's. No, it's it, as long as it's two agreeing combatants in terms of the morality of it. That's an interesting mm. element. There's a when I it was in college, I took a morality of war class, and that was a topic. I'm uh, I'm actually curious. Outside of that particular topic, what else was discussed in that class? Well, it's heavily that. So it's like it was. Um, 
it was i believe it was world war one um like a comparison between like world war one and vietnam and then the morality of wars and using basically war as a spectrum in general so you had so is, is world war one then considered more moral because everyone basically signed up for it no the reason world war one was yeah i mean yes it was more moral than and world war one was viewed more morally because world war one engaged with people who signed up in a place for a large portion of it, that they were engaged in, like, we agreed to do war here. You know, hmm. like... Well, it wasn't like a pre-concluded thing. No, but... It was just that no one could move the lines. <laughs> well, that, yeah, but versus... I mean, they're, you know, they stopped on Christmas. They had their thing. Versus you have, like... Yeah, in 1914. Oh, yeah, well, yes. I'm just saying, though, versus... It wasn't saying, like, it's a great war. Like, everybody had a great time. No one was, like, <laughs> arguing that, like, it was, like, Disneyland or World War One. Let's hang out. What it was saying was that um, there is a, a, a distinction between people who choose that as a profession... And then engage in that profession with other people from other countries who similarly engage in that profession. Such as armies, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it goes to like mercenaries. It goes to all that. So it used um, um, a huh. lot of a lot of examples. There's a difference between that and, importantly, the, the distinction is when they are engaged in warlike activities. So there was a story of a sniper who was like aiming at a enemy general. The enemy the enemy general stopped to pick a flower and the sniper would not shoot him because at that point he was not engaged in a military activity. He couldn't pull the trigger because he was human. He wasn't a combatant. combatant. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. then it switches and, um, and there's a conversation between that and a conversation. So there's a lot of discussions about that. Yeah. That's that, that opens up a whole can of worms that seems like it's more a a Dan Carlin sort of podcast than a (laughs) free unwise men sort of podcast. Yeah. It was actually an interesting topic, (laughs) but it's definitely not, it's a, it's, it's a large deviation from Ryder had boiled eggs to, to to the morality morality of world war one. Yeah. So we're going to solve that problem. (laughs) We ironically probably could. We solve most problems. We do solve a ton of problems here well now that writers that had slurp eggs. was so audible <laughs> on that fucking microphone i'm above it it was great coffee that's, jesus that's it. That's <laughs> no no all right everybody's gotta we gotta what's our next right. topic this one's done oh my god jesus we'll, we'll end on that <laughs> well let's let's go see uh oh, what else god. do we god don't do that while laughing it comes out your nose and it burns <laughs> did i tell you the tic tac what what the Tic Tac story? Do we want to know the Tic Tac story? Where, where are we on time? Uh, we've got about seven minutes before. Oh, I yeah. assure you, this will not take seven minutes. All right. <laughs> Let's no, bust it um, I really enjoy Tic Tic Tacs, or I used to until the son of a bitch Tic Tac. But I was so I was sitting here. No, no, no. We have Hold to take on. one of those seven minutes to react to the phrase, that son, son of, of a bitch Tic Tac. Piece of shit is what it was. <laughs> So I am like eating a Tic Tac. I bite Small into it. It, 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 it. Wait until it does this to you. And then I was eating it, and it was good. Well, and then apparently not. No. And then this is an Admiral Akbar situation. And then I sneezed. Now <laughs> let me explain. Like, Tic Tacs, you sweet agony of hell. In your mouth, so good. When a small part, like, goes into your sinus and dissolves with a... And you can't get it out. You can't blow your nose to get it out. It's a dissolving hot mint in your sinus cavity. I assure you, 
There is like like that's how they extract information in Guantanamo Bay. Me, I, They're like put stick tacks in people's. I notes. actually I actually can uh, can empathize with you not not in the mint section. It's the worst. But when I was when I was in high school, um, you know, a bunch of guys were doing the chest beating thing and challenging each other to do things. And, sure, yeah, like you, you know, one of the, one of the things was to take a shot of hot sauce, mm-hmm. and so someone cracked a joke just as I was pounding the shot of hot sauce, <laughs> and and you reached a whole new level of pain. Oh God! <laughs> like you think it's bad enough when you get carbonated soda coming out through your nose that's that's stingy having a mint or hot sauce yeah that's 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 a whole new world whole new world i knew it i knew one of you was going to chime in on that as soon as i said that phrase like i'm actually i'm actually kind of proud that you beat me too (laughs) (laughs) fuck all right let's let's go see what else we we have here what are you doing over there i look Like, when, whenever a phrase or a sentence starts out with "Hey, look," you know it's going to be a good time. Or it's, well, I, I want to I want to deal with, for a second with the fact that Reader apparently has a set of magnetic Benoit balls. They're not Benoit balls. <laughs> Holy shit! Do you even know what those look like? I will I just look like that. We'll just, <laughs> no, we'll just start it and end right there. Well, and that's our episode of content. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have an excellent afternoon slash evening. <laughs> Good Lord. Good God. But, what, uh, so what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> so now that move. we've cleared that one. Now that, we're, now that that's out of the way. Because that hurdle is... All of, and all I love of, that I say that and I'm still playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You're playing with my balls. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So And, and that's, uh, that's a very futile thing to do. Oh, oh God, every time. Why are your... <laughs> your segues are shit. This season, your segues are so just... They're, they're, they're futile? <laughs> they're the worst. Yeah, but... Let me, do, let me see if I can do the reader sigh. Yeah, you... Yeah. Yeah. The disappointment yeah. is palpable. I will I will make that a sound bite for you, so that way you can push a button. Push a button and, and get that, the reader sigh. Yeah. So just do that on all our episodes. Yeah. yeah. Throughout. That, that should just be our trigger warning from now on. Just <laughs> Yeah, trigger warning. The following episode may contain Lamaze breathing. Lamaze <laughs> <laughs> What what is this? What was that? <laughs> the fuck, Lamaz? Was that? Holy shit! And there was like a wicked in there as well. Did you hear that? Apparently, yeah. according to Frog, Lamaz breathing and rapping are very similar <laughs> together. Oh wow! So we what's wanted. Funny, what's funny is there will be people out there who get what I did, and you two aren't one of them. <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. not. And personally, I hope I never am one that gets what that is. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> I'm going, I keep threatening to do this, but I think it's actually going to happen now. I'm going to take that particular sound clip, put it by itself, and just... What the fuck is happening here? Why, what are you doing? Uh, it's, oh. it's, it's a reference that you two aren't catching, so there. Yeah, but what is it too? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. 
<laughs> got it. Got it. All right, let's move on from that. So we're talking about life is futile. The game. Life is futile. The so game. So this is this is eaten all three of our lives. Eating is a very apt description for what it is doing to us. God, it is. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't talk about games, but we're all not free often. Gamers. No, yes. yes, but we don't talk about it a lot on the podcast because it's more genre fictiony. But mm-hmm. this has so consumed us. It's a pretty good genre. It's game, like the though. only thing that's going on in our lives right now, and so yeah. we should at least like mention we, it. I wanna, like we should be writing. Like I need to like cut a couple <laughs> things, and I need to actually like write a bunch of stuff. But I'm like. Or I can go move trees. Now, I want... Right. Okay, here's how much this has consumed us. Grant, I want you to tell us what you had to do at exactly 8.30 this morning. I had to go harvest my cabbage. Why did you have to do it at 8.30 this morning? Because the harvesting only goes 12 hours, and the harvest is only good for four afterwards, at which point the crops deteriorate. And to plant the crops is a four plus step process so what you're telling us is that you have set up a schedule for a video game you have to for this game yes if you're doing farming right now and there's so many other elements that go into this so the the most rudimentary way i can surmise this is it's medieval minecraft yeah, it, it, it's that and more because it's what tons it, more because what it is 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 that is that everything that you make in that game requires someone to make a part of that thing. Yes, so it's the ultimate crafting game. It, yes. it is a feudal peasant simulator, is what it, it is. It, it absolutely is. That, that is what you are doing. It's like here is what it was like when life was shit. Yeah, it's a <laughs> and it is all the way up. At, well, it, it, it's feudal all the way into like there's knights. You can be a knight. You can be mm-hmm. a right. military aspect. But the um, but the whole. But let's let's talk about what it takes to be a knight for a second. We're taking because I am a knight in it. Right. The resources for it are extensive. The, it'll take, and it's not just a matter of oh, you get a knight title. While that in and of itself is a very big undertaking but when you go to say oh i'm a knight and i get armor that's reflective of me being knight getting that armor also takes up to or over a month of just toiling and working to get the right resources in place depending on how much you're playing it's it's intensive yeah it's intensive there's so much that you have to put in order and you're so disproportionately strong in a fight someone who's like a mounted knight combat Versus the guy on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's first dive into the crafting system and then we'll get into the combat here in a bit because one goes hand in hand with the other. Okay. So we are doing crafting. Let's talk about how you first start out. Well, you start out with your bare hands. Bare hands. Okay, so... That's it. You yeah, have to make... You're wearing rags. You have your bare hands. That's it. Okay. Yep. And they're washed up on shore. So there is some lore... Um, there's a southern the war of some sort. There's a war in this like homeland, and you are you are a refugee from that, fleeing to a new place, a place you know unclaimed, a place yep. a place you know wild in every aspect. Yep. And you have your bare hands and wits. Yep. And with a fantastic introduction by Sean Bean. Yes. Well, yeah. anything Sean Bean does is fantastic. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm surprised he wasn't killed at the end of that particular cinematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you come into the game with your bare hands. You're not near any buildings. You are 
you have there, some at food. the beginning of the game there are no buildings yeah but if it's a fresh server yeah it's just so that's another that's another point to emphasize this isn't a pre-built world because you and your friends slash compadres slash whatever it is slash enemies slash yeah, build every single bit of building there's that you see in this there's no npcs there's no none it's a survival game in the way that um like rust and the sure. game that like uh what that arc game yeah arc survival arc survival so, whatever yeah. you know all those games ultimately are except yeah. this is just a medieval version of it with a very very heavy lean towards an eve kind of time grind sure yeah so gathering resources you first have to make primitive tools so you have to go find um something that at least looks hilly or on the side of a mountain to find flint you have to find a rock outcropping yeah Yeah, you 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 chisel some rock away with your fingernails then you go to a tree and you snap off some branches Mm -hmm. and then you find some grass to tie the flint and the branches together to make some sort of a basic tool yep right depending on which one you want to make and then you use those tools to make things that you can make better tools with yep so so it's minecraft in that respect yeah but and it scales up but it's yeah now uh, so it scales up to the point of where you have a full-on uh, you can have a blacksmith. You can have a loom. You can have all this stuff. So all these tools you eventually you can't use all this. Stuff. You no, know, you can't. Depending on depending what, on service. Yeah, things. but for the for the sake of argument and explanation here, you can you can specialize or you can be very low level, well rounded in in a few different right. skills. Well, mostly gathering or high end production. Right. Yeah. The high end productions at the end of each, each tree. So down the terraforming tree, the end is arc 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 architecture. Down mm-hmm. the uh, uh, lore master for the animal lore you find upper end tailoring because upper end tailoring items require more materials yeah, yeah. like than people yeah. realize because like linen for instance to get a effective linen you need to know how to farm and a farming is like a five-step process yes right and then to produce that you produce like an item that has to go through a three-step process mm-hmm. and then be produced after that, you have the hank of linen, and then there's a two-step process after that to produce a one linen cloth. Yeah, so there's a ton of depth in terms of crafting. And everything affects the quality. Yes, and everything. that's another... And we are not kidding when we say everything from the from the, mater- the tools that you're using to get other materials that we'll use... Be used and to the make person things, doing it, and the person doing it. Yeah, um, all of those elements come together. A very, uh, you know, now, uh, this sounds complicated. Like the way we're explaining it makes the game sound really complicated oh, for and sure. complex. No, it just right. makes it rich because and deep. numerically yeah. it is. Yeah, but, but let me explain. Well, if you're trying to get a hundred quality of things, right, right, right. But let me explain for a moment what I did yesterday. <laughs> because I, I think if we we explain what a day in the life of playing life as feudal is. Mm-hmm. It will explain sound what a little, I did after. So what did you do yesterday? What yeah. I did yesterday was I jumped on a horse. Got it. And then I rode north along uh, the King's Road, mm-hmm. which is the we road built that. that we built. Yeah. Um, to a granite wall, mm-hmm. which I hit with the pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I used that pick to shape that granite into shape granite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I ran back to our town. Mm-hmm. And then I stashed that shaped granite in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then I did that again about a hundred times. <laughs> yep. Now, and this is what I did yesterday. Yeah, so let's see what you did. Because I'm our farmer and, and, and whatnot. I, I harvested crops. 
Then I replowed the field. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is a hundred square field. It's a huge field. That's a big ass field. Yeah, it's yes. a big. Oh, it's not a hundred square. I apologize. It's uh, fifty. Um, but Still the, big. The point is, it's a lot of clicking. And then I had to fertilize in it um, using manure from the stables, each one. And then I had to plant. And then every hour I had to rotate um, hides and flax through the tannery. And then I had to weave it. And when I wasn't doing that, because I'm also a construction person, I was going around actually hammering in the things that everybody else was gathering to create the the buildings and stuff. And when I had a free second, then that free second, I did one of two things. Either I ran a little bit of rock mm-hmm. and went and did, dug a mine and reinforced the mine because I'm, I'm our terraformer. Mm-hmm. Well, or, we're all terraformers. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, true. But like um, I, I, I went out and I did that or or... I slowly put a road through part of the t- the town. Okay. Yeah. So when you're when we're when somebody from the outside is listening to us, they think, "Wow, that sounds boring as hell. It's arduous and it's you know horrible. Why would you do that?" Now, never reason, had more fun. Yes. This game somehow makes it when you are playing with other people. I've never had more fun. It's <laughs> Okay, so firstly, I find catharsis in this game. It's so very, much. It's, it's amazingly a Zen garden. Rad. Yeah, it's a Zen garden. It's because, a medieval Zen garden. Because you're okay, and this leads up to something. We had a week where we were hauling granite back and forth to make something. Right, and we were we were making it was a medium sized keep. Yeah, we're making a medium sized medium sized keep. keep. There were about it's a ten Norman people keep in specific. Ten yeah. people running granite from a mountain that takes about forty five seconds to ride out to gather the granite, hop it's on a, horseback. It's actually two minutes ten seconds. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, That's, it's a ride. Okay, so one way. Right? <laughs> I have the shit clocked. One way, right? <laughs> yeah, one way. Okay, which you're carrying at max probably thirty shape granite. Yeah, on average thirty yeah. shape granite. Now. All of this happens the over the course. 4, uh, yeah, so the, we're doing this over the course of a week with ten of our buddies, right? The reward that we felt when that keep finally went up was tremendous, right? No, and we Did had it, everyone like standing outside waiting for it. Like we knew it was going to be banged together, and we knew it was going up. And we we like gathered everyone together, and it yeah. was like woo! And then we like ran into the keep, and we're watching walking around it, like oh, this is so cool. Yep. It, well, it's a game where things matter. It's a game and where they, everything matters. Every single thing. Well, one of the reasons it's so so cathartic is it, and you know, in a place where everything is immediate satisfaction. Yeah. Games, Nothing matters. Games are just everything is immediate, immediate. Like oh, here I get it immediately. Yeah. I'm given this immediately. Suddenly I, want I can more, have Taylor and Coloth. I want whatever immediate. It is. Yeah. I want this immediate. I want this immediate. And the gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, right, right, right. Which right. is what a lot of the games tend towards. This game's gone the opposite. Very much so. So if you have something, you work for it, and it you means did. something. It because really the is. difference in this game between the haves and the haves not. Which is only your own effort and time. Mm-hmm. The difference between the haves and has not is substantial. So, the amount of value of the things that you make is so much more tremendous than in any other game, uh, MMO oriented, that I have ever played. And here's where this ties in to combat. You are going to be spending that much more time ensuring that your armor, that your weapons are good, but you're also want to defend everything that you built because when judgment hour comes that shit can get destroyed and you will feel the impact of the 
quite literally at points months of work that you and your friends did to put all of that stuff together that can be wrecked in minutes with a trebuchet. <laughs> he says that because because I'm the trebuchet guy. Yep, I'm the I'm the guy in the guild that can actually. So and I th- I'm pretty sure I'm the only guy on the server that that can fire a trebuchet. Yeah, yeah, that quite can possible. That can man- yeah, can angle it. So and the trebuchet is useful in some respects because it does a lot of damage. But you are open as one would be with a tre- trebuchet because yes. while you're manning that. You know, they just ride out and mm-hmm. kill you. And yeah. dying, Matt, dying, because you Matters. lose, yeah, you lose skill set. Yes. So when we talk about yeah. the grind, the skill grind, we can get from zero to 90 quickly. Getting from 90 to 100. Which well, is where all the good shit is. That's where all the good shit is. Now, and mind level. you, that skill level does impact the quality of the stuff that you're producing. Right. Getting from 90 to 100 can take a couple of weeks if you're working steadily four hours a day. And you lose when you die anywhere between, depending on what your alignment is. Yeah. You lose like one to three yeah. skill now, points. When you're sitting below 90, meh, doesn't make much of a difference. You'll have that back in a couple minutes. If you're sitting at an artisan level, 100, and you die, you will ultimately be pissed. Well, and it matters too because it affects, like, if you lose your skill point... <laughs> To be able to use certain things, you can no longer do that thing. Yep. So you can't... For instance, if you're a heavy horseman, if you're a knight and you die, your heavy horse drops below where you can actually use your horse. Yep. Right. And yep. a heavy horse is so expensive mm-hmm. because it requires you to create a hardy horse first and the hardy horse then has to go through another process. Yep. Yep. No, no, no. I, there's processes upon processes upon processes. So, so I, I want to get into... Cause, you know, we are a, a fiction podcast. Yes. And I kind of want to get into what is it that we're responding? Like, what is that emotional pull? Mm-hmm. Because it, that's the sort of thing we like it, creating in people. It's yes. person versus environment survival. That's one of the because people respond to primal things. Yes. Yeah. In stories, people respond to primal things. And this, you immediately respond to the survival mechanism. And then by the time you survived, you're now invested in time. Yeah. And then when you have multiple players on it, you have a very interesting player versus player or like person against person element. Yeah. Right. There's quite a bit of uh, politics that takes place on a server because yes. Yes. You, ha- you are on easy with other people because, you know, the costs are so high. Yep. And so people... But are- you actually, because the costs are high, you actually have a motivation to keep peace because actually... Yep. People do, too. The big realms are like mm, about fighting because the outcome is not certain. The outcome is not certain and, yeah. and bad is bad with a capital B. Yeah. Like yes. there are... There are fucking consequences to losing a war. It's really interesting mm-hmm. how it kind of mimics society in that respect well, that, pretty that's quickly. The yeah. That's the that's the amazing thing about it is it is probably the most destructive potential for PvP that I have seen in a game. Yes. Yeah. And as a result, not nearly as much PvP happens. No. But, right? Like if you're like yeah. on a PvP server on like World of Warcraft. Who cares? You die, you everyone rest. gacks everyone all the time. Yeah. And yeah. no one cares. But here, like if well, the cost is the cost is so tremendous that like gacking someone is and is a real like you're doing some real damage. You lose your to armor, them. you lose your stuff, and getting that stuff. Yeah, back because is there not is easy to get. There is full looting yep. as well. Yeah. There's full looting. Yep. There's you've got to run back to your corpse naked and grab mm-hmm. your stuff if it's still there. If it's still, if it's there, still there, which yep. it usually isn't. Yep. Um, 
so when you're on a server that um, insists on RP, this creates a whole diverse political atmosphere for anything between resources to, hey, you guys are setting up too close to us, to, um, you know, was this one of your guys because we will retaliate? And in the combat itself, and this is something that we really haven't gotten to explore yet, the combat has formations. Yeah. And the formations will give you buffs for certain things. And I want to also get into the use of militia in this game, because I have not seen another MMO that uses militia, quote unquote, class as a, uh, as a combat element. But are super important in this game. Yes. And formation matters a lot. It matters. A ton. Yeah. Because, like, if you see people who fight, if they're all together, it is, you know, it's game over. Yeah. If you, can, if you see the coordination there, it's just as if you were a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, Northmen who saw a Roman legion forming up. And you're like, you're just this group that's going to run in head on, headlong into this combat. And you see a legion with their groups and their shield walls and all that stuff. You know, if somebody on this server or in life is futile is setting up a group like that, you'd better have your shit together or otherwise you are going to get pummeled so hard. Yeah. No, it, 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 it just, it makes everything important. Because everything took so much work. Yes. Setting up those formations takes work. Yep. Setting up your skills takes work. Setting up your buildings takes work. Everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and uses the mountain blade um, and, fighting, so your actual yep. your actual personal skill matters too. Yes. Yes. So everything matters. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I think there's a lesson there. Yes, there is. Because it's exactly the opposite of everything that everyone has said for a long time. Like, oh, we're a Twitch-related culture, and everything needs to be a five-minute attention span. No one with a five-minute extension span could play this game. Nobody could. No. Right? This is a game where you work for hours for one reward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of puts the lie to everything that our culture has told us about ourselves. It really does. It absolutely does. And, and, and that's what has blown me away about it. It's like, this game has gripped me so hard and so much harder than anything else. And it has done so by doing exactly the opposite of what everyone has told me. Well, Minecraft's the same you way. You do. Yeah, Minecraft. I, will, I, would, <clears throat> I would argue just, and I've not played Minecraft a ton, but I think this is even more time involved than Minecraft is. Uh, it depends on what you're doing on Minecraft. Sure. Um, I mean, Minecraft depends on what you're doing because people, you mean, a Minecraft build is not fast. Right. No. And I mean, so you're just putting the difference between a Minecraft and this is because you are seeing the blocks go up individually. Yeah. You're getting a little bit more of an immediate payoff. Mm-hmm. You see it being formed, whereas this, you're putting stuff in and then it's, there's nothing and then there's something when you raise yeah. the building. But yeah. Yeah. So. You, you're nailing that on the head in a in a now 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 culture this expresses the exact opposite exact opposite of and, the now yeah and it's um and as Look, you pointed out a zen garden too yeah well because it, it does have the immediacy of threat constantly yes. yeah and then it has time investment yep and where wild are, animals can fuck you up too oh yeah i mean you. you die to a boar pretty quickly yeah if you're if you're not with somebody else you can get you know screwed over by a boar now um since we do still talk about writing, I do want to, I want to see about tying this in. So here's my attempt. Ready? Oh, we're doomed. Uh, we're yeah, we're totally this doomed. This is not even going to be. Go ahead. 
so the amount of now, now, now that our culture has, yeah, um, versus the amount of detail that goes into stuff like that. When you're talking about writing, like like older historical fiction or fantasy, um, sometimes it's important when you're describing the maybe smaller civilizations or anybody else that doesn't have a f- you know a thousand people at their command. If you're trying to put in emphasis and weight on somebody who's grown up in a small village about how they had to toil and work hard. You have to remember that it wasn't over a matter of minutes, but days when things, small things would, would come to fruition. So for you guys, um, what are some times where you've seen too much detail? It just dawned on me, by the way, hmm. this, the reason you and I probably like it is there is a very, there is a very like parallel in line between a writing career and life is futile. <laughs> There is a lot of time. Oh my God, you're not wrong. That's, there is a lot of time and effort that goes into it that nobody sees and for whatever and then eventually and then may, eventually maybe, maybe something comes a payoff. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why you and I are like, oh, we're fine with this. Right. Because, yeah. you know, we spent uh, we spent a couple days putting a, a wall. It seems fast to us, but it's like that versus, oh, I've spent 10 years learning how to do this craft poorly. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, how do I, how do I move up to this futile thing? I just kind of had that epiphany going on. It, it, yeah, it the is writer's mind would be drawn to this. No, mm. it, what what I actually what's what's amazed me about it, and what I actually, you know, I've been writing this entire time. We're working on a gunpowder fantasy right now, and yeah, it it has me thinking about you know, instead of taking the things that your character is using for granted, you've got to think about because they're in that same mindset. Yeah, they are. Yep. Right, like we take everything for granted. Oh, right yeah. now, I mean, I'm sitting on a plastic chair in front of a wooden table. I've got a mic stand. You're sitting in front of a table, right? But if we're back in that time, man, all of that stuff. Hey, you're fucking around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was wanted to know. You did such a descriptive here. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, everything around us is stuff we normally we take a lot of shit for granted. You yeah. take very little for granted this, and it and it does it does hit fa- fantasy where everything there would matter more. Everything there would yes. matter more. Yeah, right. If you broke a table, right? So you get in a bar fight, right? How many bar fights are there in fantasy scenes oh, where like somebody breaks hell. a table and all the tables are back the next day? Right? right. Yeah, and it's like. Okay, but that's like hours of work that somebody because mm-hmm. to get a table you need boards, but to get boards you've got to cut down a tree and then you've got to hand fashion a board, yeah, and then you've got mm-hmm. to put that board into a table using fasteners that somebody put together at a blacksmith shop. I mean, it's well, resource scarcity is a is a very interesting yeah. tension element, and, and so it's, yeah, it's. It's one of those, you know, you got to think about that a little bit. Yeah. That that table is not just a disposable, like, it's not like somebody just comes back in. Go, You don't go down to the local Ace Hardware, grab a couple of packs of screws and put the thing back together. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, there is no re- re- research scarcity more scarce than Alliance builders in World, World of Warcraft because Stormwind still. <laughs> Still is suffering. Oh, so wow. if you think about it, like no matter how fast we it takes to build anything in Life is Feudal, we still are more industrious than the Alliance builders in the World of Warcraft. <laughs> That's true. Well, not, well, well, the Defias left. To be fair, they did well in Westfall. Yeah, Westfall was the Defias. 
Right. Yeah. But our original Westfall, like that that village in the middle of Westfall, that's definitely gotten better. Like there's been a lot of improvement there. Well, yeah. Yeah, they because like that Ford around it and stuff. That's the that's the building portion of that populace, though. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So there are. They are part of the alliance, though, and so you have alliance builders doing something. They're just not doing it in Stormwood. Yeah, and the West, and like fuck you, we'll build our own castle down here. Well, up in Grizzly Hills, they have that. Um, they also have the garrison that's out yeah, on the, on the that coast. cabin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, no, not even further on the coast. Remember, there's that uh, Westfall garrison out. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. That, isn't that in North? That's not in Grizzly Hills. That's North. Um, no, that was no, that's in, Grizzly Hills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, yeah. no you're right. Yeah, it's uh, it's right, right below. Uh, right below Zol. Zulfrock? No, Zulfrock is in um, Zulfrock's in Stranglethorn Vale. Zuldrak? Zuldrak. You guys are a bunch of fucking nerds. It is below Zuldrak. It is, and it's above um, yes. Howling Fjord. So when you when you look at because um, one of the common things, of course, was well, why hasn't Stormwind been fixed yet? Deathwing was here so long ago, and now we're looking at this game where we're trying to shape granite and you know move stone and whatnot. We're going. Ah, you know what? Actually, they did it in a well, pretty how, timely fashion. How would they fix the damage at Stormwind? Because Storm, it ripped apart the ground. Well, how would you even fix? Oh, you'd have to start with terraforming. You know, you, what I'm talking about is that's that the, a lot of terraforming. That's a lot that's a of, terraforming. of terraforming because it, it it tore it all the way down to the harbor. Yeah, right. but you're also looking at things like uh, uh, at the heroes uh, heroes entrance. So to be fair, they did build the harbor. Right, they did build the harbor. They build the harbor at the same time that the... Yeah. So it's like harbor opened, except now we lost yeah. what, the, well, go, uh, the one district. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who cares about that district, though? Did anyone ever go to that there. district? It was a druid district. It was a pretty district. It, had, it also yeah. had one of the better non-NPC taverns. Yes. That's true. Yes, it did. It did have one of the better... There was two in there. They had two... It had some free open buildings that there aren't. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. So all that's gone. So now, when you look at that, you're like, oh, well, you know what? They're they're doing okay time wise. It's going to take a few years. Well, and what's West? What's uh, West Falls? Or West Falls. Um, oh no, up in Howling Fjord, the city. Oh, they're constantly being attacked. Yeah, I mean by Vikrol. I mean, yeah, but I mean, constantly, twenty four seven. We can't be there to take care of the Vikrol all the time. They got to do it. Well, I'm glad we we went down this path yeah we're down it's a very fucking rabbit hole it's also now. the whispering gorges right there which is yeah yeah i mean everyone's going insane yeah because yeah. the workers are down there they're being touched by by uh the old gods right? yep yeah because they've dove in mind into that so what are we even talking about let's go I don't on know. yeah so <laughs> we anyway just went, we just went like i said we're down a rabbit hole. rabbit hole for sure so uh if you are into virtual zen gardens if you're into medieval anything and video games and really if you just want to explore that difference between that immediate reward yeah that yep. that skinner box push the button get the thing yep because there is nothing skinner boxy there's in none of that or if you want to punish yourself for something <laughs> or if you if you're just if a you, masochist yeah if you're yep. like hey and, and what we mean by if you want to punish yourself, be a writer yeah, <laughs> and then also play this game. And then, yeah, ultimately play this game, and you will have and achieved. Actually, actually, do it in the reverse order. Play this game, and if after five minutes of playing this game, you're like, man, five minutes. This is shit. After you build a keep. Well, no, no, no. Right. What I'm after saying, you build a keep, then then, then you're like, okay. But no. no, no, no. In the first five minutes of the game, you're going to have a reaction, right? You're going to be like, well, this is crap. What do you mean? I'm putting together these little. I, no, I'm I'm going to go play something else. Sure, yeah, right. And if that's your reaction, don't be a writer. 
<laughs> don't uh, don't go down this this path with us because it takes a certain amount of madness to do it. Yes, right? it does. If you have built a keep and you look at it and go, yeah. Well, if you think about it, start outlining your novel it, now because you're it, screwed. Well, to make it this is the same way, if you think about it too, it's like all the parts of the novel matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the scenes, every scene, everything. everything. So if you want a hundred quality story, uh, if you want a yeah, hundred quality story, story <laughs> you have to put in a hundred quality characters. <laughs> you have to put in a hundred quality setting, a hundred quality. Yeah, scene. no, no, no. It, the, the metaphor works. And you've got to, well. you've got to somehow do all these things. And if you don't do one part, the overall quality of that story will come down. Drops dramatically. Drops dramatically. Yep. Yeah. Good and day. this is a competitive PvP environment. <laughs> what, I, what I love is I think we're about to transition from this into a commercial. Yep. Even though this has been like a half an hour long commercial. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> I, hopefully, we, can we have an MMO beta invite, please? Thanks. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're, lo- we're looking at you. Life is futile. We'll be right back after this uh, more entertaining commercial. Are you tired of writer's voice narrating commercials? Do you enjoy the sound of something autonomous, slightly drunk and rather ridiculous saying things for you? That's good, because now three unwise men has something that makes everything better. Me, you're welcome. Welcome back to Three Unwise Men. We have managed in a new season to get another victim with us. It still happens. It still happens consistently. With us, we have Josh Vogt of jrvogt.com. You guys couldn't hold it, could you? You were so determined. We were what just, was amazing is how bright you were like, you're, you've got your hand over your face. Yep, I didn't he want to see. He actually had his hands on his temples, like waiting yeah, had, for Like horse blinders? I had horse blinders going on. Yeah. Josh, you've... So we have a guest. Who is he? Josh, you've... Uh, we're sorry that you've landed here with us. Uh, it's very unfortunate for you. Uh, My bad. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame Frog. No, it's a pleasure to have you here, Josh. Yeah, Josh, awesome. I'm, I'm really delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, awesome. he's, he's all polite. By the end of this thing, he's going to be telling us to jump off a bridge, but he's all polite right now. <laughs> so we can find you at jrvogt.com, jrvogt.com. And you have... You have a sequel coming out soon called Maids of Wrath, and that's in April. And a sequel to what now, first and foremost? What was your first uh, one else, Josh? The, sequel, the first one, so it's an urban fantasy series called The Cleaners, and the first one came out last uh, May called Enter the Janitor, and it's about a supernatural sanitation company where maids and janitors and plumbers and all that sort of protect the world from supernatural magic and corruption, sewer monsters, and that sort of thing. <laughs> this is awesome. So, as, you might, <laughs> as you might guess from the description in the titles, it has a bit more of a humorous bent than you might get from some of the other urban fantasies out there. Uh, so yes, this is the follow-up, uh, The Maids of Wrath. I'm working on the third one right now called Dustpaint Coming. Uh, <laughs> that'll be out either this year or early next. The, dust, the Dustman Cometh. That's an amazing name. With a different cover, that could be a total horror story. Yeah, well, I've got. I'm already working with the artist on the cover for that one too. So I think it's going. And the artist that I have, uh, who's done the first two covers, Jeff Herndon, he is amazing. He's done an awesome job with every cover I do. So what? Your the cover of Maids of Wrath. I'm looking at it now. This is the one on your website. Is that the is that the cover that I've taken? That's the, the cover that's going live with it. Um, mm-hmm. 
that is one of the best covers I've ever seen. <laughs> that is, if you are you looking? Am I the only one looking at this cover right now? Look at this cover. Nice. Yeah, I've seen the Enter the Janitor cover. This is the first time seeing the Maids of Wrath cover. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, so you work actually with the illustrator yourself? Is what I did? I just hear that right? Yeah. Well, so it, the books are coming out through Wordfire Press, which is Kevin J. Anderson's uh, smaller publishing business they're down in actually they're doing a big booth in pensacon right now i wish i could have been there oh yeah but uh he, he had an artist he worked with jeff on a series known as the dan shambles series which is his zombie private investigator another more humorous urban fantasy series and so when i wanted to get covers for it he connected me with jeff and jeff has just done a great job and so yeah i've actually had a lot of really direct input into the cover for these which is great because i've always had these really vivid images of like how they should be portrayed sure um, sure kevin kevin approves you know my concepts and then i go to jeff and we work together to hash it out so yeah so do you have you, you mentioned con- uh, concepts do you have like like you have like a pencil stick figure drawing of the maids of wrath yourself like is that the or do you just describe to them what you want i usually have a pretty clear image in my head and i have done art in the past that was actually like something that i almost went to college for oh wow uh, so, so not a so stick I figure yeah, I can visualize things pretty well, and I can sketch things out roughly enough. And then I'll just, you know, I'll do a paragraph or two description for it for Jeff, and then he'll send me some sketches that he interprets, and we'll we'll refine it. So yeah, it's it's worked out pretty well so far. That's really cool. That is really yeah. cool. Well, it it you it has awesome results. It it does because that's one of the coolest covers I've seen like anywhere. Well, and it's it's hard to go wrong with some combat chick dual wielding feather dusters. I mean, <laughs> when there's, there's dual wielding feather dusters, as soon as you say the words dual wielding feather dusters, I'm sold. I'm in. Yeah, I'm bought. That right? kind of tells you. That tells you everything. That tells you what you need to know right. first and foremost, which is, yeah, there are feather dusters. <laughs> they're being dual. They're being wielded, and there are two of them. There are two. Right. The, the that's tremendous original paintings of, of each of these so he actually does physical paintings it's not digital and I, so far i've bought both of the original paintings and have them on my wall at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't you can't not no 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 no, no. that's like that's over the mantle that's yeah. that's great stuff right there and it, it's I, really good looks when people come over <laughs> Why, why do you have it like mixed in with like pic- like paintings of like your family? <laughs> so it's like you have like <laughs> you have like oh here's like my wedding pictures here's enjoy and here yeah. it is you just kind of leave it in there with everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just get a really long hallway and they'll just all line. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you start if you do more books, you're gonna have to lengthen your hallway. I plan to. <laughs> That's the result. <laughs> 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 That's the only reason that one would leave it all. It's got to put more book covers yeah, on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I mean, if he's successfully successful, presumably, you know, he's got a better income. He's getting a better house, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right, I'm with this you. This all follows. I'm not. I'm not mocking it. I'm just Asshole. saying that's a that's a. <laughs> I that I didn't know that was the me- that was the hallway length is what we're uh, going on here. Yeah, I mean, hallways. I, I had to remodel my place because I needed to hang more paintings in my books. So I will not. Complain. That's yeah. a good right. point. Touche. Hallways are like penises. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, uh, so 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 moving on. <laughs> yeah, we'll just let that hang. Yeah, we'll just let that. Oh, oh, geez, that was. It actually, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, importance placed on book covers. You know, I, I always think of the adage, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Oh, everybody, but everyone, everybody, everybody judges their books. Everybody their judges that. So, 
Um, have there been any books that any three of you have seen where you, it might have been great content, but you looked at the cover and said, nah? Well, it, I feel like that's a hard question to answer because it's an industry where everybody knows each other. So it's like, it is. I'm actually going to jump in. Okay. I'm going to jump in because I know she won't be offended. Because we've had Joyce Reynolds Ward on the podcast. Yes. Her Netwalks Children series has a crummy cover. And she knows it. Mm. Okay. And uh, the sales have, have been affected. Um, because it's like just a black cover with red writing on it that says Netwalks Children. <laughs> That's what you get. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. What's your favorite cover out there, Josh? If you were to be like, God, this is a cover. Yeah, besides your own, because that, that, that's already <laughs> awesome. But if you were like, what if there's another, is there another book that you're like, that cover, like when you're like perusing, you're like, wow, I want to cover like that sometime. Oh, man, let me think. Uh, there was a cover for a book a while back. I'm trying to look it up now called uh, Quantum Thief by, I'm, I'm not even going to try it, Hanu Rajanini. Uh, he's done some really interesting covers here. Quantum Thief, the Fractal Prince. The causal angel, um, really kind of mind-bending stories, but the covers, the covers are pretty gorgeous. Um, so that was, and your 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 voice was kind of cutting out a little bit there. Uh, Quantum yeah. Thief. Quantum Thief, yeah. Okay. Um, written by Hanu Rajanimi, and that was a really interesting cover that definitely caught my eye. And the, the stories in there are pretty mind-bending in themselves, but I got into it because I was like, "Oh, this looks cool." Um, the covers that usually like I hate the most are ones where it's obvious that the characters have been whitewashed, and that's been happening a lot. Mm, yeah, and, you know, and it's not even yeah when when you realize that the character is being portrayed as something totally different than what they are because they're trying to appeal to I don't know your stereotypical reading audience, or they think that they're trying to appeal to that audience. That's that's always frustrating. Hmm. Grant has pulled up that cover, and yeah, that's a pretty cool looking. It cover. is. Yeah. That, that does that does intrigue me. So I'm going to shift gears on us um, because oh we've we've had a bit of a running topic today. Oh my He's God. looking at it. I can see <laughs> his gaze where it's going. And Josh, you're going to find out what it is. Yeah, yeah I, I'm curious, Josh, what your take on pre-boiled eggs at the supermarket is. You know, I did a not even not even uh, pre-boil the supermarket, pre-boil the gas stations. I'm actually a fan. You know, what? Oh, wow! You just that's all. Thank you, Ryder. You're missing it. <laughs> you're missing here. it. His hands are in the. He's flexing. Yes, you just yes. vindicated one of us here. Yeah, and not yeah. not not Grant Rye. Not no. Grant okay, Rye. So, so here and here's my rationale. One is I'm I like to stay pretty active and I have like a pretty high protein diet. I travel. It's to, the high protein thing. I told you. And I was road tripping almost all of last year and went to about 20 conventions with the Word Fire Press team. And so oh, right. it's really hard to get like decent protein on the road versus like beef jerky. So every time I found a gas station that had hard boiled eggs, I just buy a ton of them and eat them on the road. So I, you know, and they work. Throw a little salt and pepper on them. They're great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do the salt and pepper. I forgot that this morning because I was too busy being berated by these other two over here. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great. And as I was, uh, I was no, gonna, no, and the him being on the road that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> well, okay, I'm gonna cut him some slack that I'm not cutting you. However, so I, I was, <laughs> I was, I slept in late, and we had to this get is, ready you to. You don't need to justify yourself. <laughs> no, apparently I do because <laughs> here Josh is gonna get slack, but I'm not. Same concept, <laughs> whatever. So. What okay so so know. why 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 eggs over jerky 
Like, isn't jerky tastier to me? Well, I don't say over. I'm just having both. You know? Oh, oh, and yeah. it's an and situation. So you're like you're basically you're basically double fisting protein, right? Like you've got jerky one hand, egg in the other. Well, I mean, it's essentially bacon and eggs for breakfast. Yeah. Essentially, is it? Do you think about that? Yeah. Beef well, jerky is nutritionally bacon? speaking. Oh, okay. I was like, kind of. Ba- I'm not having bacon at your house anymore. <laughs> Oh, no, you can get bacon jerky these days. They have them out there. You did not see their faces just light up. (laughs) Hold on. That's a thing. Let's. So we can cut the rest of anything we ever say, but let's go back to. (laughs) Let's focus for a moment on the the idea that there is bacon jerky. This excites me. I'm Googling. Yeah, there's Googling happening. So, Josh, uh, in your own eloquent words, describe to us bacon jerky. I did tell you this stuff gets random, didn't I? <laughs> I? That warning was given beforehand. I just want to say that. It's it's not quite as crunchy as as regular bacon, so if you're going for the crunch, you gotta be a little bit more selective. But you know, you got different flavors. You got the bacon jerky, you've got the maple sugar bacon jerky. Yeah, you you pretty much it's kinda like the, the Pringles of jerky. You can't not <laughs> Pringles of jerky. I wanted to. I wanted to shout out the Holy maple God. sugar bacon jerky. Yeah, that is a thing, guys. Have you? Okay, so so have any of you guys had man candy? Man candy? No. What is this? Well, I was there last. I was there a couple weeks ago. So yeah, I have. What is man, man candy? candy? Man candy is actually something you'll find in a lot of restaurants these days. It is maple glazed, often with like uh, um, chili pepper powder or cayenne pepper tossed in some. Uh, you know, it's basically mm. bacon that's been dipped in maple, baked with, you know, a little pepper powder, and then it's candied, and you just they bring it out as an appetizer. Wow! That is, yeah. see, now I'm looking at my hard-boiled eggs, and it's <laughs> it's not that I've had them, but it's that I now feel so inadequate having selected that as my meal versus these amazing options that are out there apparently on the go. Well, maple like mapled bacon is amazing. In a yeah. jerky form, and then in a jerky form, even better. And with a little bit of, what, did you say cayenne pepper? Is that what he said? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, the, the man candy usually has a spice to it, some sort of uh, pepper spice. Oh, so good. I love yeah. pepper bacon. Yeah. Some people don't like pepper bacon, so some people are wrong. But right. there are <laughs> there are people who don't like right. it. This, but is, this they're, isn't they're a, not good people. This isn't a position which like their their minds can vary, right? This is well, you're either this is a position on where either you like pepper bacon or you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, that's the thing. This is a you know. There's some things you could be like, oh, I have a different taste. Right. Yeah, and we can we can and we can be like, or you know, you have no taste. Like those are the <laughs> options presented to you. Wow, bacon jerky. If anyone asks me what I learned today, I'm telling them that. Yeah. Sure. I did not know that bacon jerky was a thing. And, and now I'm Josh sure, has... I'm sure you can bulk order it off Amazon if you need. You could probably, it could be delivered to you by a drone. Let me tell you, I'm bulk ordering it off Amazon as we're sitting here talking. <laughs> he is actually, I think, actually doing that. Yeah. So that's a... Uh, wow. I have... Uh, what Have you had this? a lot of this? Is this like, like, where did you come across this? Were you just like, I'm looking at a store for like really good manly food and they were like, oh, here's the thing for you? It was totally, uh, you know, I just went to jerky. We stopped at a gas station on the way to like Pensacola or Connecticut and come across that in the aisle. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it. And then, yeah. I feel like you go to better gas stations than me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like your, your gas stations, like all your, you've got like, oh, I had like these exquisite foods and I'm like, Oh, that's a three-day-year-old or three-year-old whatever burger. 
gas stations, the further out you get from like civilization, the more fancier gas stations get because they, they start catering to like the long distance oh, truckers. And all. Oh. So you go to these gas stations that have like three restaurants, a casino, uh, showers and, you know, and bedrooms that you can rent out. Uh, and then like half, half of it's a bookstore. And then, yeah, 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 really like the loves yeah. outside of Ritzville is kind of like that. They get fancy because you, that's where you know, you're eat. right. It's kind of like a. In I a, always view those as truck stops. We always come just truck stops. Yeah, but they well, are a yeah. gas station essentially. Well, yeah. well, because the you know when you're when you're a trucker, you're going to be stopping a lot. <laughs> well, not a lot, but you're also getting things that just you know you're out in the middle of nowhere, but you still want to have some good things while you're while you're on the road. It's kind of like in northern Arizona. There's this uh, joke that goes about from a comedian. We have the Flagstaff <laughs> Airport Hair Care and Tire Center. That's not a joke. That's a that's a thing. That's a thing, right? Well, but I mean, <laughs> it's because uh, whatever know, happened thing. to ice truckers? Was that a show? <laughs> wow, <laughs> Josh, you want to see that trucking show? Am I the only one? I never watched it, but I know what you're talking <laughs> about. As you drive across the crazy mountain passes during the blizzard, and then you know, yeah, what happened to that show? I have no idea. I mean, do they, I, I'm sure it's I, on the way. I can't it. imagine it went for that many seasons, right? Because it's yeah, the same I, thing. It's like, and now this person's on a truck on an icy road. How, how many different ways can you make that dramatic? I mean, either you know that they're going to survive the episode or everybody they had involved in it fell off a cliff and died at some point. That's a valid point. Well, and if they're filming a TV show where everyone falls off the cliff and dies, that spoiler is going to hit the internet before the show airs. Yeah. Well, okay. And it wasn't just being on icy roads. They actually, during the winter, will use lakes that are iced over. Yeah, it was dropping in water. Yeah. yeah. And it was, cause in, it was like different parts of the north. It was like the northern like Canadian like road, and then there's yeah. the Alaskan. So it was like they would move a couple of these truckers between the routes. Okay, but it didn't. Like watching it doesn't change. Oh, it it's was a, it was intense. It, but it doesn't change. Josh, would you write a story about ice truckers? A story, sure. No, like a series, like a oh, like an series. epic. <laughs> the epic ballad of the ice truckers. There you go. Yeah, is that something? Do you feel like like do you feel like that 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 that's in your wheelhouse? You know, it, it could be an interesting take on it. I do like right. taking you know odd jobs and things that you don't necessarily think about and putting a you know fantasy or sci-fi twist on them. So, so know. okay, but it, a fantasy and sci-fi twist so that's what, different from just a show about them trucking. So what I'm going to get out of this conversation with Josh is that the inspiration for his books was ice truckers. Am I? Am I? <laughs> what? <laughs> but see now, now I'm thinking like okay, more dirty what, jobs what, than ice truckers. I would I would do something like you know astro asteroid miners who go out and mine Ooh. ice from asteroids and have to haul that back. That's where my mind goes when I think God, of that's a great story. Yeah, but you so I would okay. read that story. I, I actually have a, a short story about space truckers. It's, there you go. <laughs> See what you're it, mocking it me. Exists. Hold on, he was Mister Like what? What could they possibly do as the guy who wrote the story? Oh, I don't know what, what kind of drama could unfold as he has like it like file five in his like notebook. <laughs> it's in how beer saves the world. Space truckers, are, I always think Futurama. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah can you? I mean. It does lend itself to, to to like a comedic element, does it not? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what a lot of comedy is—is is just taking 
ordinary things and putting them in very odd contexts and just seeing what happens. Yeah, because when you when you think of truckers, you don't think of them in space. You think of astronauts that are doing this type of stuff. And then you're suddenly you've got Jimmy Joe Bob, who's got his Jimmy trucker cap. Joe Bob. And his, uh, his I mean, that his awesomely flavored day. Jimmy Joe Bob. You know, the only, I guess the only difference in space is that you can't uh, you can't murder hookers out there. So, yeah. well, mine identify themselves by their handles, and so the main character is actually Fat Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, I'm not even going to go into this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 but it's I, once you get into sci-fi and fantasy, you can add interesting elements, right? Ice Road Truckers is not about that. Ice Road Truckers is still about them just driving a truck. Over ice, yeah. What so so? Yeah, would you, where Josh? So outside of ice road truckers. Well, thank God, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thank God, we're leaving the ice road truckers. All right, we've spent more time about ice road truckers on this podcast than is actually interesting. Like, no. <laughs> they did entire hours of it. <laughs> it's a good show. What what other beyond uh, the janitorial staff for Supernatural or mining truckers? <laughs> Is there a like? Is there a particularly like normal kind of not to use the term offensively, but like mundane job, like a job that like you know you kind of picture like everybody does and it's just a normal job that you like were enticed to also maybe write a, a fantasy story or anything for? Yeah, I've got a few others. I have one guy who um, they're kind of a a temporary security guard company, uh, mm-hmm. but what they are security guards, you know, so you go like the rent a cops kind of situation but what they actually do under the guise of being rent to cops is a totally Mm. fantasy fantasy realm that's a that's a book that i wrote that i have not yet gotten published so we'll see if that actually ever comes out yeah things like things like that sure um i've got another book where a couple people work as clerks in the museum you know and so of course some of the odd things that happen connected to the museum and who these people really are and that sort of thing so getting getting people it's kind of that whole thing of like especially in modern day when you have fantasy creatures in modern day you know there's always that question of like how do they hide how do they keep themselves from being noticed yeah, yeah. They, they hide behind the mundanity of their jobs or or what people expect when, when they interact with them. yeah that's yeah. kind of the approach so you you had mentioned that your series in particular has some humorous spin to it. Um, mm-hmm. When you're going through and, and writing this stuff, how, how do you keep the hook in there to keep them drawn to the actual story? Because I have read some things where there's just an excess amount of humor and it's just, it's all laugh content and there's no actual drive to it. So how, how do you work on establishing a balance between those two elements? So Twilight. I, I guess I don't necessarily go into it just saying, Oh, I need to just put a lot of humor in here. It's more like, I try to create situations that generate humor in and of themselves or have characters interact in ways that are humorous in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not just trying to land a punchline. It's more that the, the funny bits come out of the interactions and what's actually happening already. So the characters so, are taking it seriously. Yeah, we well, sort of, you know, I mean, the character, so like the, the janitor, he's a Ben, he's a bit of a hick when you meet him and he's not this, you know, he's got his, his, own version of smarts, I suppose you could say, but uh, you know he he has this joking way about himself, and everybody else around him is often just rolling their eyes at him and that sort of thing. So he he's kind of the gesture of the story in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you when you get characters to recognize the absurdity of the situation that they're in, 
you know, we do that sometimes in ourselves. We look around, we're just like, what is going on? What I don't even understand how I got here, or how we ended up talking about ice truckers. And, you know, they, <laughs> you know, and you just you, when you step back from what's going on around you, you can kind of laugh at it. And and so occasionally having the characters do that of like, okay, yeah, we just we just like fought to the death with a toilet snake. What's that? What's with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I guess I would call that the uh, the Marvel movie element. Because, yeah, that yeah, because like. yeah, those you'll have these characters who are. It's a really serious story, but there's just some quirk, you know. Like one of my favorites was, you know, he's adopted from yeah. uh, from the that first was a Avengers great movie. line. Yeah, so it, it, it's elements like that that you're talking about, right? Well, and the other thing is like, uh, okay, and so in zombie films or horror films, even when when you go into a horror film, you know that the instant that somebody's a group of people split up, that they're going to start getting picked off one by oh, one. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, when zomb- or when the zombies appear, you're like, well, just bash them in the head and kill them and get over it. But nobody in the film ever knows what a zombie is until it's too late. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So mm-hmm. in, in the book, you can have like, the character's going, okay, well, maybe you should go over there and then I'll check down this end. And then somebody goes, no way, do you ever watch movies? You know what happens when we split up. We're all going to die. We <laughs> <laughs> that, so that, that sort of semi-self-awareness. That's very awesome. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Shaun of the Dead is very much. Uh, yeah. Although that one ended oddly, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, um, so are you a... Um, are you? Do you have your when you're writing these stories? Do you have them pretty well scripted and plotted out, or do you kind of just pants it as it goes? And you're like, "Well, oh, this would be funny as I'm working my way through it." Yeah, no, I'm definitely more of a plotter. The more I've got it outlined and sketched out, the faster I can then write the draft. Mm. Um, there's there's certainly still a level of discovery and exploration along the way. Like I'll have a scene where in my draft in my outline, I'll say, "Okay, a fight happens here, and this person gets killed, and then they find this out." But I don't know, like how the fight breaks out sure. or what weapons used or how this person dies and what all the fallout is. I kind of, I find that as I'm writing the scene, mm-hmm, but sure. I know what needs to happen in that scene. So it gives me enough direction. So, since we're talking about structuring, I just wanted to ask real quick, what uh, tools you use for writing? This is something that we usually ask authors. So what tools are you using for uh, structuring, plotting and all of that stuff? Um, I use a method that I've kind of shifted to my own, you know, to, to fit me a little better, but it's called the snowflake snowflake method. Okay. And that's how I, that's how I'll create my initial outline. Uh, it was originated by another author named uh, Randy Ingramson, and I found it years ago and just kind of, again, I adapted it to my own uses. Uh, but it's just a way of taking the kernel of an idea and just letting it grow and grow until you've got this full outline. Huh. Uh, sometimes spreadsheets. So I've got that linked on my website, actually. Oh, you do? Um, oh good. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've got um, People want, I've got this, what I call my writer's toolbox. It's like 150 some odd links from all over the web that deal with like outlining and manuscript formatting and dealing with voice and characters that's, and tension. And, 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 and that's all on, on your website, right? People can. Yeah. People can um, and then a, a list of software providers as well, one of which is uh, Scrivener. A lot of people use that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. Do you, I, do you Scrabble at all? The. Trap? Yeah, the uh, it's uh, their version of a basically a pin board. Mm-mm. It's uh, no, I just use the uh, the corkboard on Scrivener. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually really useful info because, um, well, I mean, I'll, let's face it, a lot of our podcast is just we're dumb, right? <laughs> right. But uh, we do also uh, talk to items that help out 
you know, whether it's new or veteran writers, you know, just find out some process to make things better. So we'll definitely be, uh, we'll, we'll probably end up posting a link to your site and then to that particular so page if that's okay. It's so ambitious to describe what we do. We're a con in a we're a con in a cast. Yeah, that's, we're a con in a cast. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the whole idea is that we're a con in a cast. And like most ca- well, and you've gone to what? You said twenty cons last year? Just about, yeah. Yeah, wow. so you know how they go. I'm six this year. So. Although you're working the Wordfire booth, right? I was working the Wordfire Let's booth. let's talk about the Wordfire booth for a second because this Amazing. is a, this is a different sort of thing. Um you know, usually you think about a booth at a con, it's your normal merch dealer's booth. That's not what we're talking about here, is it? Oh, no. no if, actually, if you go on Facebook right now and look up Kevin Anderson's uh, profile, he's been posting their booth right now that's down in Pensacon, so you can get a good visual of it. And I actually, uh, last year I posted a few, like, uh, time-lapse YouTube videos of us constructing the booth and, you know, mm. giving a little of it so you can find that there but yeah these are these are big professional affairs and they're staffed mostly by the authors yep. uh, so every book that's on there usually will have the author uh present as well so and that doesn't happen too much at convention at comic cons especially uh, yeah right. are you doing emerald city comic con again i think i i may have actually were you there last year Last year was actually the Emerald City was the only one that I didn't make last year that Wordfire was at, but I will be there this year, and that is we're doing a we're planning a special uh, Maids of Wrath launch party during that too. Oh, perfect! Nice, nice. That'll be good. But yeah, the the Wordfire booth um, it's it's a it, they're really fun. They're a lot of work. Again, I was part of the road team that helped. Like we had this big van full of books that we drove to all the conventions. Uh, so sometimes it was two, even three days of driving to get there, and then a day of setup. Uh, we would often have a big, like, 20 by 20 island uh, mm-hmm. tape, uh, and then, like, this 20-foot-tall uh, wraparound poster with all sorts of, you know, titles and covers and uh, author photos and banners and that sort of stuff. So it's just like you come in, you can just see it from a huge distance. And then we set up this great display of the books, and then we work for three days, usually like 10, 12 hours a day, just interacting with the crowd, selling the books, signing the books when we, you know, and, and the other great thing about it is that because you would have so many authors and so many different types of books, there was pretty much almost every genre you could imagine there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was actually, I went to the one at your guys' at Worldcon. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was like, um, I'm friends with uh, Kat Rambo, and I have I, I got her book through Wordfire. And then they were like, Oh, do you like? What do you want? Um, everyone asks you, Well, what do you like to read? Right. And yeah. you're like this. And then they were like, Well, try these. And I, I think I bought like four books out yeah, of it because exactly. I was like, oh, All right. Yeah. Well, and then everybody at the booth learns to kind of cross promote and pitch everybody else's books. So we're all working together. There's no like competition of like if they sell a book, then I can't sell one. That sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How right. we all work together, and it's better that way. Right. It's more fun that way, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, we have just under a minute left for this particular interview, so I wanted to strike with a really important question. Oh, um, God. So Here it comes. You know, it's we have, a, yeah, we just had a highlight, a great conversation about the word fire booth, and then we have this question. So, yeah, okay, what's, question. what's the question? What impact, how significant was the impact of Shaggy and Scooby on modern-day society? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like a fire round go. Yeah, how yeah, how can you quantify that? But go ahead. Let's hear Josh. Uh, <laughs> Not to put I, you on the spot. 
it's, it's, the, it's the hope that, you know, it's, it's the promise that no matter how stoned you are, you could get uh, things accomplished. I don't know. What yeah. The moral yeah. <laughs> there we That's go. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Josh Vogt, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Josh Vogt. And where do yeah. we find you, Josh? Uh, again, I'm on jrvote.com or joshrvote.com. Uh, jrvote on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty easily reachable. There's a contact form on our website, and I'm always glad to hear that's and again, awesome. vote is V-O-G-T, people. V-O-G-T, mm-hmm. yes. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for sticking around with us for a half hour. It was really awesome to have you here. As the first uh, interview of our particular uh, season, season two starts with... Well, not really. No? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the first recording we've yeah, done. Yeah, I guess we should. But it's one of those that. dirty little secrets that we actually record beforehand, and season two is probably going to open with the NorwestCon livecast. Oh, well, was. It. yeah. You'll be referenced in our first. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Josh. Thanks so much. Thanks, Josh. <laughs>